Then Allah says, Ya Bani Adam, O children of Adam, La not yaftinannakum. He definitely put you in fitna. Yaftinannakum. The noon mushaddad. What does that mean? Definitely. And when it's preceded by a la, then what does it mean? Never, ever, don't you dare let shaitan put you in fitna. What is fitna? Temptation. Temptation to what? To commit sin, to disobey Allah. So don't you ever let shaitan make you disobey Allah. لا يفتننكم الشيطان Don't you let him mislead you, trick you. In other words, don't follow him. Don't get yourself in trouble by following shaitan. Therefore, be alert, be careful. Because if you're not, he's going to take advantage of your heedlessness and make you disobey. لَا يَفْتِنَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ Be on your guard. Be very careful. Like we might say, what's the big deal? It's only your hair. But see, the way you wear your hair, it changes your attitude sometimes, the way you talk to other people. Right? And it sometimes makes you think so highly of yourself just because you're wearing perfect makeup that you feel that you're the best. I'm the best. Nobody can say anything to me because my clothes, they're just perfect. I'm flawless. Right? So this is how shaitan creeps in. He doesn't tell you, Give them a dirty look because your eyes look perfect right now. He doesn't tell you that. What will he say? You look amazing. So, like you're really the best. And this person, they're wrong. You know how to dress up. This person doesn't know how to dress up at all. So be alert, be careful, because shaitan will try to mislead you, will try to make you commit sin, will try to make you disobey Allah. How? By deceiving you, by tricking you, by creeping in, in a very, very subtle way. Kama just as, akhraja, he expelled, he brought out, who, meaning he caused to be expelled, who, abawaykum, your two parents. Abaway is a dual of ab, ab means father, but over here, when the dual is used, it doesn't just mean father, but it means father and mother, parents. So just as he, Removed your parents min al-jannah from jannah. How? That shaitan, he came to them and he didn't say, eat of the fruit of this tree so that you can disobey Allah so that you can be punished. You can be expelled from jannah. Is that what he said to Adam? What did he say? Your Lord told you not to eat from this tree because otherwise you'll become angels. Because otherwise you'll become, you know, eternal dwellers. And I swear, I swear, I'm very sincere to you. I am not lying. I'm telling you the truth. So eat of this tree so that you can become angels and you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more perfectly and you can stay in Jannah forever. He deceived them. They weren't that careful. They weren't that alert. And shaitan managed to deceive them. And what happened then? Yanzi'u. He was pulling. Meaning he caused that it be pulled. What be pulled? Anhuma From both of them, Adam and Hawa. What? Libasahuma, their clothing. He made them eat of the fruit of the forbidden tree. And what happened? They were expelled from Jannah. When they were expelled from Jannah, the clothing of Jannah stayed in Jannah. So what happened? Their clothing was taken off immediately and they became naked. Liuriyahuma, so that he would show to them both. So atihima, the private parts of them too. We discussed this earlier as well. That a husband and wife, even though they don't have any hijab between them, but still, it's embarrassing for a person to become completely naked in front of the other. 
But shaitan wanted to humiliate them and embarrass them. So this is what he did. He wanted them to become naked. He wanted that the clothes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored them with, beautified them with, should be taken off so that they are humiliated. They become disgraced. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us that be careful. So what do we learn over here? That shaitan wants that people should lose their clothes, meaning they should become naked. Their clothes come off. Why? Because when the clothes of a person, they come off, what happens is that initially there is a sense of shyness. Right? A person feels a little awkward. I'm not talking becoming completely naked, but even slightly. At the beginning, a person feels a little awkward. And then what happens? They become comfortable in their skin. Right? They become comfortable. And then what happens is that gradually, they don't feel shy at all. They don't feel shy at all. Yesterday I experienced something very interesting. In the summer, really hot, I used to put on short sleeves on my daughter. And she's only two years old, so no harm in that. And yesterday, I was out somewhere and her clothes got wet. And I realized that the spare clothes that I had in my bag, the shirt was short sleeves. So I put it on her and her arms were showing And this was after a while that she was dressed up like this. So I guess she had forgotten the memory of how she used to dress up in summer. So she kept touching her arms. Shame, shame. Shame, shame. But think about it. In the summer when she would dress up like that, not a problem. But now all of a sudden when she was wearing short sleeves, she felt shame, shame. And then after some time she stopped saying that altogether. Hmm? So this is what happens. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just giving you an example of how shaitan wants that a person's clothes, they become shorter, they shrink, and then gradually he manages to take the haya away of a person. So that a person doesn't feel shy. Remember, as your clothes will shrink, your haya will shrink. As your clothes will shorten, your haya will shorten. As your body gets exposed, your haya will become less. It will depart. And is there a problem if hayat leaves? Is there a problem if a person doesn't have modesty? What's the big deal? Shouldn't you be confident and be comfortable about how you are, how God has made you? Shouldn't you be confident about that, comfortable about it? Why is it a problem if hayat leaves? Exactly. Because hayat and iman are pairs, meaning they stay together. They're like best buddies. So if one leaves, the other will also leave. You know, it's like you and your friend, best friends. So if one goes to the washroom, the other one will say, I'll come too. I'll come too. I'll just stand outside for you. I'll just wait. I'll just fix my hair. Hmm? Best buddies, right? If one goes, the other follows. So if haya goes, what will happen? Iman will go. So what happens? A person's clothes, they shrink. Haya shrinks. Iman shrinks. Clothes go away. Haya goes away. And Iman goes away. This is how shaitan attacks your Iman. How? Through your clothes. See how clever he is? Through your clothes. Because think about it. If your clothes are not appropriate, like we discussed last time, 
that if a woman is wearing a shirt, then the minimum length should be that it covers her bum, right? From the back. Now, if a woman is wearing a short shirt, okay, and part of iman is what? Salah. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called salah iman in the Quran. Like we learned in Surah Al-Baqarah. Now, when she is going to pray salah in those clothes, will she be comfortable? Will she enjoy her salah? Because she's bending and her back is showing. Or she's always concerned about the fact that her back will show. So she's constantly pulling on her shirt from the back. Constantly pulling, constantly pulling. Will she be able to enjoy her salah? No. If a woman does not have a hijab, and she's outside somewhere, and she doesn't have a hijab in her bag, when it's time to pray, will she be able to pray? No. So haya, remember, is deeply connected with your iman. And what is deeply connected with haya? The clothes that you wear. The clothes that you wear. This is why many people, when they say that, what's the big deal if my head is not covered? I mean, I'm modest in my speech. I'm modest in my interaction with other people. But you know what? Your hijab will always help you be more modest. It will always help you be more modest. Is that correct? I mean, you do have examples of people who are wearing hijab, but yet they're not reflecting any kind of modesty. But what happens is that hijab, if it's worn with the correct intention, it will definitely help you with your modesty. I remember when I started putting on my abaya, it really affected me in the way that I interacted with other people. It kind of forced me to, you know, hold myself back and, you know, be careful about how I spoke. I'm talking about with men. Okay? That how I interacted with men, it really made me careful. Because otherwise you're relaxed. Right? But when you're wearing extra clothing on yourself, and it's giving an image that you are a practicing Muslimah, then you become careful about the way you speak, and the way you look, and the way you talk, the way you discuss, right? It affects you. So remember that the more complete clothing you have, the better your haya will be, and the better your iman will be. Clothing doesn't just cover your skin. It doesn't just cover your skin. It also protects your iman. It also protects your faith. Like in winter, you wear a heavy jacket, You cover yourself literally head to toe. Don't you? Even your hands you cover. And sometimes people even cover their faces. Why? Because of the extreme cold. Why is it necessary to do that? To protect your skin. Right? To protect your skin. So just like that, in order to protect your iman, you need to cover yourself as well. So Allah says over here, reminding us that Oh, children of Adam, be very careful. Don't let shaitan tempt you as he removed your parents from paradise. Yanzi'u anhuma libasahuma, Stripping them off of their clothing to show them their private parts. And Allah tells us, be very careful because innahu indeed he, who, shaitan, yarakum, he sees you. Huwa, he, meaning iblis, he sees you. Waqabiluhu and his qabil. Qabil meaning his tribe, his group. Those who are like him, his children, his friends, his brothers. What do they do? They see you men from Haisu where la not tarawnahum you see them. Shaitan sees you from where you do not see him. Meaning, shaitan can see you and you cannot see shaitan. And because you cannot see your enemy, 
That's why many times it happens that you get deceived by him. You get trapped in his trick. You listen to him without realizing that that suggestion was from your enemy. Think about it. If there is a person whom you don't like, you don't like, and they're approaching you, and as they're approaching you, you become so alert. What are they going to say to me? What are they going to tell me? You become very alert, right? All of a sudden, like your blood starts boiling. Right? You were sleeping, then you just wake up. You become so alert. And then they say one thing to you, you have an answer. They say another thing to you, you have a response. Why? Because you were so alert. Because you could see them coming. And as they talk to you, you hear them and you respond to them. But here, shaitan is an enemy who sees you, but you don't see him. So what does that mean then? That you have to be even more careful. Because he is out there to get you. He wants that your clothing should shrink. Your iman should shrink. Your hayat should leave. That's what he wants. Because if your iman is not there, if your iman is weak, then how will you enjoy any good deed? How can you enjoy any good deed? You can't. Another thing is, what you wearing, it protects your salah. Because if you're not wearing like proper clothes or hijab properly, when you go outside and the time salah is, you can't even go to the mosque because you feel ashamed to go yes. to the mosque and pray. And it will be easier to pray if you are like dressed up properly. Yes, very true. I was just thinking how uh, since Adam alayhi salam, shaitan's been using the exact same tactics over and over it works. and over again. And we still don't you know, pick up from it. Yes. So this is his technique, his trick, that he makes a person shorten his clothing, remove his clothing. And with that, hayat leaves and iman leaves. When iman goes away, then how can a person enjoy any good thing? You know, think about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is basically telling us over here that he managed to get your parents naked and expelled out of Jannah. Imagine if there is an enemy who has done that to your parents, confiscated their belongings, expelled them from their house in this humiliating manner. This is what he wants to do to you as well. This is what he wants to attack you in the same way. So be very careful because he sees you and you don't see him. So you have to be extra alert. Inna indeed we ja'alna, we have made ashayateen, the satans, awliya, friends, lilladina, for those people who la not yu'minun, they believe. Meaning those people who don't believe, those who lack iman, then shaitan becomes their friend. So what does it mean then? That if a person's iman is stronger, then shaitan cannot attack him. He cannot get the better of him. And to strengthen your iman, you have to strengthen your haya. And in order to strengthen your haya, you have to watch your clothing. You have to see how you're dressing up. I mentioned to you earlier that when a person yawns, he doesn't look that nice. But what happens? Shaitan gets very happy. He laughs and laughs. So imagine if you're wearing clothes in which your body is being exposed. Your stomach is showing or your back is showing, or as you bend down, your bum shows. Imagine what a laugh shaitan would be having. Just imagine. It's humiliating already before other people, but it may be acceptable to people. But shaitan, he's laughing at you. Imagine. So be very careful. Now remember that when it comes to clothing, culture doesn't matter. Don't think that only the clothes which are in Pakistani culture, they're okay. So that's what you should wear all the time. Or clothes which are in Somali culture, they're okay, so you should be wearing them all the time. And English clothing or Western clothing, you should not wear. No, it doesn't matter what culture is. Okay? 
What is important is that whatever we are wearing, it meets the criteria that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Because sometimes you could even be wearing Pakistani clothing like shalwar kameez. Right? But if you're wearing like a really tight pajama, right? What do you call it? Like literally tights. I mean, that was the style or is the style, I guess. It has been for some time. But you wear something like that, like really tight pants, and on top you wear a shirt, a long shirt, even if it's very long. But if your whole leg is showing from the side, as good as naked, then that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. So don't think that your cultural clothing will always be okay. No. You always have to check. Is this libas taqwa Does it reflect piety? Does it reflect fear of Allah? We have to be very careful about that. And also remember one more thing when it comes to clothing. That a person should wear such clothes that don't make him resemble a person of the opposite gender. Alright? So a woman should refrain from those clothes which make her look like a man. And a man should refrain such clothes which make him look like a woman. So for example, if a man is wearing a bright pink shirt and bright pink shoes, hot pink, the other day on the television there was a man playing golf okay, with a bright pink hat and bright pink shirt and bright pink shoes. And my son goes, wow, a woman is playing. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not a woman. He's like, no, she's wearing pink. I'm like, it's not a woman, you don't understand. I don't know how to explain it to him. So we have to be careful about that as well. Right? Allah says, وَإِذَا and when فَعَلُوا They commit, they do, فَاحِشَةً An act of indecency. When the people commit an act of indecency, قَالُوا They say, وَجَدْنَا We found, عَلَيْهَا Upon it, أَبَاءَنَا Our forefathers. When they commit an act of indecency, they say, this is how our parents used to do. So this is part of our culture. This is what everybody does. Like for instance, people might say, well, you know what, living in the West, it really doesn't matter whether you're wearing a miniskirt or you're wearing an underwear outside. It doesn't matter because people, they're okay with it. They're cool with it. It's only when you go to you know, Pakistan or Saudi or Somalia and if a woman goes out like that, it'll be a problem. Because those men, really, they just love to stare at women. But in the Western world, people don't do that. Really? You actually think men don't think anything when they see a woman dressed like that? If you think like that, my dear sister, my dear friend, you are mistaken. Badly mistaken. Because when a man sees a woman dressed up in such a manner, he doesn't look at her as a person. You know how his brain functions? As if he's dealing with an object. As if he's dealing with an object, as if he has to do something with it. That's how he thinks. That's just the mechanism. Assalamualaikum. Um, I read this quote a while back and it was something to do with modesty and it sums it up really nicely about what we're talking about right now. And the quote said that immodesty is like manure. Sure, you're going to get attention, but it's only going to be from pigs. Astaghfirullah. Say that again. Um, immodesty is like manure. Sure, you're going to get attention, but it's only going to be from pigs. So you are going to get attention. Okay. And people are going to be drawn towards it. Okay? And the problem is that in this day and age, there is immodesty everywhere. Everywhere. And as much as people try to 
you know, control themselves. They are human beings after all. And men, even if they see a lot of immodesty, at the end of the day, they're still men. Why do you think there's so much evil going on? Whether it's pornography or filthy movies or filthy ads. Why? Because this is how people think. This is how immodest they have become. In school, when I was in high school, um, I was walking towards my class and one of my friends, or more like acquaintance, uh, she was wearing these tights that were really, really tight. And this kid in my class who's known for looking at girls in a very weird way, she was walking with me and then she ran really quick towards class. And then he was, and then she ran in front of him. So the way he looked at her kind of disgusted me, myself. And he doesn't even just do it to her, but he also does it to the teacher, like our teacher in the class. It doesn't matter what the age is. It doesn't matter. So Allah wants you to protect yourself. So the excuse that Mushrikeen of Makkah gave for immodesty was what? Everybody does it. Our parents used to do it. But even if the whole world does it, you're not going to do it. Assalamu alaikum. I was just thinking when I was going to public school and wearing a hijab and abaya, often non-Muslim girls ask you, especially in summertime, don't, don't, don't you feel hot? You're wearing black, right? And, you know, before I wouldn't be able to understand, be able to um, explain to them. So I'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever, it's okay. But then I thought one day that, you know, for them, they're wearing tank tops and they're wearing shorts in the summer. And then I asked them, don't you feel hot? She's like, yeah, I still feel hot. So I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you going to take your skin off? Like, you, even if you wear nothing, you're still going to feel hot. Yes. But meanwhile, and I noticed after a while, after I started wearing it, I noticed that I didn't feel hot anymore because you get used to it. So it all depends on how you're used to yes. um, within the circumstances. Exactly. Assalamu alaikum. Um, how we were talking about how men look at women as objects, there was this study that they put naked, like not really revealing clothes on women, and men look at them versus women with full clothes. And they study their brains and the people who were more naked, they found them more as objects than people. Yes. And they respected more people with more clothes on. Yes. So. Because when a man sees a woman like that, he, says, he thinks of it as the, the part of the brain that is used for you know, using a computer or some tools that lights up. You know, that's working. Why? Because a man, his instinct is do something. Imagine, this is not that a woman is bringing harm upon herself. She's bringing harm upon others as well when she's dressed up in that way. So protect yourself and protect other people as well. So وَإِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً قَالُوا وَجَدْنَا عَلَيْهَا أَبَاءَنَا We found our forefathers doing this, so we do it. So can we say the same thing? Everybody dresses up like that. The whole world wears such stuff. What's the big deal if I do it? Why does Allah care about me? Because He does care about you. You are important to Him. So you need to look at yourself and don't just wear something just because the whole world does it. No, you have to wear that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala approves of. And they would say, Wallahu and Allah, Amarana, He has ordered us, biha with it. Meaning Allah is the one who told us to commit this indecency anyway. Just like people say, if it was not okay, then Allah would not have let me. Right? If everybody does it, that means it should have been okay. So they say, you know, there's no hijab in Islam. You just have to wear modest clothes. And yeah, it's not a big deal if my skin is showing a lot and if my clothes are seductive because that's the man's problem. That's not my problem. Really? Then why are you dressing up like that? Because many times women try to blame men. They think like this. It's their fault. I should be allowed to wear whatever I want. No. You have to be considerate of what the other person is like. 
of what their weaknesses are. So don't blame Allah. Realize that you have to do something. So they would say, Allah has ordered us to do this. Mujahid, one of the Mufassirin, he said, that the Mushrikeen of that time, what they would do is that when they would come to the Kaaba, and they would do tawaf of the Kaaba, you know, going around the Kaaba seven times, they would do tawaf naked. And they would say that we perform tawaf as our mothers gave birth to us, in the most natural way. This is what they would say. Men and women. And a woman, when she would be doing tawaf, naked, she would say today, some or all of it will appear, meaning private part. But whatever appears from it, I do not allow it for anyone. Meaning, just because I'm naked doesn't mean that men can enjoy me. Doesn't mean that I'm a prostitute. No, I'm just doing tawaf and I'm doing it naked. And they would say, Allah has told us to do this. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. And they would think this was so great that look, we're taking off all our clothes. We're being so bold just to please God. And it happens with people today as well. That they think they're being so you know, great that they have the confidence to dress up in a particular way or not dress up in a particular way. They're so confident to be able to take their hijab off. They think this is greatness. This is not greatness. قُلْ say إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah لَا يَأْمُرُ He does not order بِالْفَحْشَاءِ with indecency. Allah never orders indecency. أَتَقُولُونَ Do you all say عَلَى اللَّهِ against Allah مَا that which لَا تَعْلَمُونَ You do not know. Meaning are you saying something about Allah which you have no knowledge of? Who said that Allah ordered you to dress like that? And many times when people say, oh there's no hijab in our deen, you know, just religious people have made it up, this, this was a practice of the Arabs. Really? Who said that? Have you read the Qur'an? If you read the Qur'an, you'll read very clearly about covering yourself, especially when it comes to women. So people have no knowledge of this. And they fabricate lies about the deen of Allah. And remember always, Allah does not order anything that is indecent. Any indecency, Allah never orders of it. قُلْ say amara. He has ordered, Rabbi my Lord, بِالْقِسْطِ With the justice. My Lord, what He has actually commanded us to do is what? Justice and fairness. Every command of Allah is fair. It teaches moderation. Like for example, clothing. It's a very moderate command in the sense that it teaches moderation. One extreme is that a person just covers himself fully, does not beautify themselves. Another extreme is that a person beautifies themselves to no limit. But the command of Allah is what? Moderation. Beautify yourself, but stay within limits. Stay away from israf. Don't become a fitna for other people. So, قُلْ أَمَرَ رَبِّي بِالْقِسْطِ And he has also commanded, wa and aqimu You will establish wujuhakum your faces, plural of waj, عِنْدَ near كُلِّ Every masjid, masjid. Place of worship. Meaning, that you maintain yourselves at every place of prostration. aqimu wujuhakum عِنْدَ kulli masjid. Meaning, that you focus on Him at every place and time of worship. Whenever you are at a masjid, or whenever you are in salah, you are worshipping Allah. Masjid. Masjid is not just place of worship, but also time of worship. 
So whenever you're doing that, أَقِيمُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ Establish your face, meaning direct it towards Allah alone. Focus entirely on who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if your clothes are inappropriate, will you be able to focus on Allah? If a woman is wearing a short shirt, and she's doing rukur, will she be focused on Allah or her body showing from the back? Can she focus on Allah? She can't. What does Allah say? أَقِيمُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ عِنْدَ كُلِّ مَسْجِدٍ And over here, in the context, when you are in the haram, in the masjid, then focus on Allah, focus on the worship of Allah, maintain yourselves properly, meaning put on your clothes, don't do tawaf naked. وَدْعُوهُ And call upon him. مُخْلِصِينَ One's making sincere. لَهُ For him, a deen, the religion. A deen also means worship. Meaning when you perform worship, do so only for the sake of Allah. And remember that kama, just as بَدَأَكُمْ He initiated you, he originated you. بَدَى hamza He brought you into being. تَعُودُونَ You all shall return. From عَيْنْ وَاوْدَالْ عَادَ يَعُودُ To return. Meaning you shall return to life in the same way that He created you the first time. How? That when He created you the first time, you came out of the womb of your mother, you came without any clothes. And in the hereafter when He will resurrect you, you'll be resurrected without any clothes on your body. That's what we learn. That on the day of judgment, people will have no clothes on. Aisha when she heard that, she was surprised. She said, Oh Prophet won't people look at each other? And he said the matter is far more serious. Far more serious. People won't even look at each other. People will be, in fact be running away from one another. So remember, in this world, you came with nothing. In the hereafter, again, you go with no material possessions, not even clothing. So what is it that you need over there to cover you, to protect you, to honor you? What? Your deeds. In this dunya, what covers you? What protects you? What honors you? Your clothes. This is why Allah tells us, focus on libasul taqwa because that is what's going to benefit you in the hereafter. Fariqan, a group. Hada, he guided. Wa fariqan, and a group, meaning a group of people. Haqqa, it became incumbent. It became necessary. It was proven true in their favor. What? Alayhim against them. Abdalala, misguidance. Meaning, everything and everyone is not right. There are some people that are upon the truth, and there are some people who are misguided. So just because you see someone wearing certain clothes, doesn't mean you start wearing the same kind of clothes. No. Some people are guided, others are not guided. So be careful about who you follow, what you emulate. And remember, those whom you look at, you will follow them naturally. So think about who you're watching. If you're watching constantly on television fashion shows, all right, or programs that are just about clothes, what's that show? What to wear? What not to wear. If you're constantly watching that every day and repeats, then you're going to look at yourself, I should not wear this. Because you're constantly putting in your head what not to wear, what not to wear, what not to wear. Right? So then what's going to happen? You're going to be like, I have to wear something different. So be careful about what you look at, what you watch. If you're constantly looking at women who are dressed up in wedding gowns which don't cover themselves properly, then what's going to happen at your wedding? You're going to want to look like them as well. Right? Because where the eyes go, what's that expression? The heart desires and 
Something like that, right? Meaning whatever you look at, you start desiring it. You start yearning for it. And when you will desire it, you will do it. So فَرِيقًا هَدَى وَفَرِيقًا حَقَّ عَلَيْهِمُ الضَّلَالَةِ And who are those who are misguided? إِنَّهُمْ Indeed they اتَّخَذُوا They took الشَّيَاطِينَ The devils, awliya as close friends. They became friends of shaitan. Shaitan told them. He suggested them to perform an act of indecency or to wear clothes that are immodest. And what happened? They listened. And when they listened, then shaitan gained mastery over them. So, Let's say a sister is making her hair. Shaitan suggests, make your bun a little higher. Yeah, a little bit more higher. Look again. Okay, higher again. Okay, perfect. And I'll put on your hijab. And that's the seat of shaitan. Shaitan has a ride all day long on your head. And imagine if he's sitting on your head, what is he going to put in your head? What is he going to suggest to you? So are you not befriending shaitan by letting him ride you? Think about it. إِنَّهُمُ اتَّخَذُوا الشَّيَاطِينَ أَوْلِيَاءِ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah. They left the friendship of Allah. They made friends with shaitan. وَيَحْسَبُونَ And they thought, أَنَّهُمْ That indeed they مُهْتَدُونَ Ones who are rightly guided. They thought they were doing really well. They thought there was nothing wrong. It's only my hair. What's the big deal? I pray salah. I give sadaqah. I'm fasting today. What's the big deal? It is a big deal. It is a big deal. وَيَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ In Surah Al-Kahf, what do we learn? That the worst losers are who? When it comes to the matter of deeds. Those people whose efforts are just left in this world. The makeup that they put on, the clothes that they wore, every day they dressed up, all those images left behind in this world. They're not going to benefit them in the grave. Because that eye that was decorated with makeup, now it's rotting in the grave. وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ الصُّنْعَى And all that time they were thinking that they were doing really well. So this is the trick of shaitan. That he makes a person do wrong and he makes him believe that what he's doing is actually very good. It's actually very good. Because then shaitan makes you think that if I wear my hair like this, high up, then I won't get hot. Hmm? I won't get hot. And I will actually look nice. And my hijab will stay, you know, really proper all day long. Shaitan makes you believe that the wrong action you're doing is actually good. Because if he were to tell you you're disobeying Allah, you won't do it. Shaitan told Adam, eat of the fruit of the tree so that you can become an angel. He lied to him, right? So shaitan lies to us as well. This is why we need to be very careful. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Ya Bani Adam Qad anzalna alaykum libasan yuwari sawatikum warisha walibasu taqwa thalika khayr thalika min ayatillahi la'allahum yadhakkaroon يَا بَنِي آدَمَ لَا يَفْتِنَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ كَمَا أَخْرَجَ أَبَوَيْكُمْ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ يَنْزِعُ عَنْهُمَا لِبَاسَهُمَا لِيُرِيَهُمَا سَوْآتِهِمَا 